Black Hole Sun, you gotta go get familiar, quick, fast, in a hurry. What's good, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy Five Mikes. Uh, this is the Idea Manhood Podcast. Uh, it's me, Five Mikes, husband, father, educator, writer, MC. The microphone gives me wings. Um, this is season three, episode. I think in the preview I said episode four, but I feel like it's really episode five. Uh, I could be very extremely wrong, but I'm not sure. It's either episode four or five, and this is the Idea Manhood podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I knew that this podcast episode was going to be about my son, right? So, you know, for those of you that know, um, I said it on here before I shared, you know, my son is uh, in middle school right and um he is a new middle school student in sixth grade and you know i have a podcast called the idea manhood so it's like you know clearly the concept of being an upstanding kind honorable smart uh you know athletic Um, you know, just everything good young man has been something that I have been intentional about planning since I knew I was having a son. I mean, he, if you really think about it, my son is really the impetus for this podcast, the idea of manhood for a lot of the art that I created over the years, whether it's poems or whatever, spoken word. Um, you know, I wrote a poem called The Idea of Manhood. If he's 11, I probably wrote the poem 12 years ago. When I found out, when we found out that we were having a boy, you know, the reality of raising uh, a young black man became uh, very real. And it was something that I didn't, you know, take lightly. It was something I was, you know, planning on being very intentional about. Um, and every step of the way, as a young man myself, as a man myself, raising, you know, a baby boy, an infant, a toddler, a preschooler, a school age, you know, now a preteen, all along the way, 
there are reminders uh, that um, that raising a black boy, you know, at this age, a black preteen, you know, teenager, uh, black young man is different. Right. You know, I'm never the one to take away any challenge from any parent from anyone really but you know if we're talking about parenthood like you know i would never say oh it's harder to raise boys than girls like that was a thing that we always heard like oh girls are harder than boys or you know raising a black boy is harder than raising a white boy or a white girl you know what i'm saying like it's not about the competition it's not about you know oppression competition it's not about difficulty and you know i'm not placing any kind of superior that I'm a better parent because I'm raising a black man you know it's not like that at all but I do recognize that there are different implications um, and different um, there are different ramifications to like different aspects of child rearing when you have when you're raising a black boy um, in, in any time period, you know, also there'll be older folks, older black folks that might say, oh man, you think you have a heart in 2017? Like y'all got it easy. Y'all got everything. But back in the eighties, back in the sixties, back in the forties, man, it was really hard back then, you know, and that's kind of the, the competition of the generations that are always like our generation is better than yours and so on and so forth. We see it in every aspect of society where it's the older generation kind of looking down and frowning upon the new generation. And I'm not doing that either when it comes to, you know, I'm not saying that it's harder now than it was in 1997 or 1987. Um, but what I am saying is that um, there are, there are real challenges when it comes to raising and attempting to raise a black whole son right you see what i'm saying and so what's crazy is that i knew this episode was going to be about my son like it's just there's been so many things bubbling up that i knew that i i needed to talk about it and um you know i told you i come to the podcast as kind of like a release it's kind of you know this is my therapy so i knew it was coming like i just every moment i had i just had to say something about it. i was talking to you know of course my wife about it and talking to you know my colleagues about it. i was talking to friends about it and it's like you know raising a son an 11 year old a black 11 year old boy it's um it, it's full of just mm, yeah that's it that's just full of mm. you know what i'm saying um but are the mm that i'm talking about has so many real life implications for what could be his reality when he's 13, when he's 15, when he's 17. You know, so the lessons that you might teach a child about, you know, listening to authority or make sure you're following rules or making sure that you are, uh, you know, you have good people around you. Those are lessons that all children need. But when you're raising a, when you're trying to raise a black whole son those lessons are even more like life-giving like him following those lessons will give him life and him not 
following those lessons could take his life away. You know what I'm saying? Like life and legit death. And, you know, in this day and time, like where we are right now, you know, we're in the middle of a psychosocial revolution. We're in the midst of a social revolution. No lie. Now, it might not be as galvanizing as the civil rights movement. It might not be as, you know, um, high stakes as movements in the past. But right now, in 2017, we're in a social revolution. Um, and... You know, from the way that folks are choosing to engage each other in person, because folks would like to tell you, like, oh, no one's talking to each other and everything is online. No, folks are still engaging in person. So there's that. And then, of course, there's the addition of social media and um, social networks. But we're in the midst of a social revolution. And, you know, a lot of the leaders in my mind of what I've seen in this social revolution are women right straight up no you know no holes barred no um no if ands or buts no nothing like we know that women are at the forefront of this social revolution that we're in right now and if we want to take it another step further i think it's safe to say that black women are in the front of the women leading the social revolution right now. And all of that, as I am also raising a black girl, um, is amazing. I mean, I'm watching and I'm like, yo, this is real. Like black women have a different type of energy right now, a different type of community. Now, those of us who were raised by black women who were surrounded by black women all their life like it's nothing new to me like it's not surprising like it's not anything that's like oh my god black women they're amazing like they always have been that i think it's just it's like pop culture like black women's narrative have become popular culture and like if you understand how culture works in society like how our how we've been socialized in america that is probably one of the most amazing cultural movements that we've seen and that we will see because black women's voices have been so suppressed and so kind of like in the carpet of this country you know what i'm saying like think like the carpet like you see it is there but the carpet is like underneath everybody's feet like is there is necessary but it kind of like drowns the sound away. It, it kind of like does, it, it, it takes all the dirt and the soil and it kind of hides it. To me, that's what black women have been in our country. And so to have their voice be the leader of this social revolution is triumphant, right? take that in parallel with the fact that there are the conversation about black men and our relationship with black women is dynamic right now 
So people might use dynamic. Oh, dynamic is awesome. No, dynamic just means that it's changing. Dynamic means that there's a lot of change happening in that space. And so what I've seen, and I've talked about this very publicly on this platform, and anytime I can get a platform, I talk about that we've done an amazing job in the past, uh, I'm gonna say seven, eight years, in promoting all of the amazing things that black women are now having the voice to like, are, are able to like people are able to see these things so you know i've talked about it before it was black girls rock it's you know uh black girls love stem is black girls run it's you know it's 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 you know everything is cis everything you know is the natural hair revolution it's all of these wonderful things so as I'm raising a black girl, like I am even more confident that, whoa, she's gonna have some amazing like role model. She's gonna have some amazing like, um, uh, she's gonna have a certain corner of popular culture that I know my sister probably didn't have, that my wife definitely didn't have, that my mom didn't have, so as to win my daughter turns on the TV, again, popular culture. So when she turns on the TV, when she goes online, when she reads a book, she's going to be able to see reflections of herself that generations in the past haven't seen and didn't have the access to see on a public, popular level. So I'm talking about black hole son, right? I'm talking about my son and I'm talking about it is my life's mission to see to it that my son is able to be whole, right? So when I say whole, I mean like, you know, holistic, not even holistic, because that's, that's, that's different. I'm talking whole in the sense of he can be my son he could be somebody's husband one day he could be somebody's uncle or cousin he could be an amazing student he could be an amazing athlete he could be an amazing friend he could be an amazing leader in the workplace or in school he can be you know all of these things that make him whole make him a whole person you see what i'm saying that is my goal. And as we move into this, you know, into where we are now with what I talked about the popular narrative right now being so focused on black girls, which I'm raising a black girl. That's amazing. That's awesome. I'm just not seeing the same for my son. Now, here's where we get tricky, right? Here's where, you know, people have been, you know, really crazy these days, right? Here's the thing that's been like, wow, because there's so much vitriol. Let me, let me, let me look up vitriol for y'all so I can make sure I'm using it right. <laughs> and that y'all know what it is right there's so much vitriol yep there it is cruel and bitter 
criticism. Right? There's so much vitriol right now directed towards black men. Can we agree? Can we agree on that? Right? Like, that's not, I'm not, I'm not angry about that. I'm just stating the same way that I stated that, you know, women and black women, especially at the forefront of pop culture, I think that we can say as a result of that, that there's a lot of vitriol directed towards men. And from my angle, from where I'm sitting in the orchestra, black men, there's a lot of vitriol directed towards us. And hey, maybe it's worth, maybe, maybe we're deserving of that, you know? I don't like to use we, I don't even, I don't know. Maybe as a group we are, maybe all of it, I don't know. Maybe it's valid. Maybe that vitriol should be directed towards us. You know, maybe, you know, the men are trash. When I see these men are trash memes and people talking about it, they're not talking about Spanish dudes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not a picture of, um, you know, Tito Puente saying men are trash. It's a picture of Tyrese. It's a picture of Russell Simmons. It's a picture of, you know, whoever, right? Is you know, whoever. Um, Russell Simmons is trash, by the way. Uh, so, a lot of that vitriol, that's my word of the day. A lot of the, a lot of the vitriol is directed towards black men as it possibly should be, right? So we can take that, we're grown men. We could take that on the chin, pause. We could be like, yo, we deserve that. We've been wild, we've been fouled throughout the years. We let rap music, we let, uh, you know, we let popular culture influence us to treat women poorly. You know, we didn't understand what our boundaries were. And as a result, we are, or even if we did, we overstepped our boundaries. And as men, specifically in this case, black men, we'll take that on the chin. We are trash all day we could repent for that and work to make ourselves better as we head into middle adulthood and um you know old manhood and all that stuff right so you got jay-z being 47 years old he's trash he cheated apparently and wrote an album about it and folks still he repented and, and went to counseling did all the things that you know i guess we're supposed to do and and he's still trash for that you got big baller brand you know just trying to take care of his sons and he's trash because he told somebody to stay in their lanes or he's trash for that you got you know so in terms of popular culture i'm not talking about my daddy and my uncle and my people in the community because that's not popular culture i'm talking about popular culture when you turn the tv right um so from my angle black men are being are being the recipients of all a lot of this this social network vitriol cool we'll take that but in like the runoff from that the runoff from that is it's trickling down into our community into our household into how other people view our children now that's always been a thing, right? That's not new, nothing new about that. Like black men have always been the boogeyman, have always been, you know, folks are scared and hold the purse across the street, you know. Um, that's men though, right? That's men, men could deal with that. Men are strong, you know, we could deal with being jerks, we could deal with people thinking we're jerks. Half the time we don't care, it's like whatever, just go about 
our lives. But for those of you that are raising and attempting to raise black whole sons, how do we maneuver through that vitriol or so that those words and those sentiments and those feelings and those mindsets don't impact our boys? Because our boys is who we're putting all this, you know, um, responsibility in for the future. Like we have all these expectations of them that they're going to be the ones to be different, right? So how do we teach these boys in this context of men are trash? How are we expecting that that's not trickling down into our schools, onto our sports teams in the community, onto the buses in our school cafeterias. So, you know I have stories, right? So what got me to thinking about my son in context of everything that's happening right now is that, you know, my son's in middle school now. Like he's not, you know, to us, to our family and to everybody that knows him and sees him. Like he's extremely handsome. He is very smart. He's athletic. He is on his way to being whole. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm thinking of myself at that age. Like I wasn't that handsome. You know what I'm saying? I was smart-ish. I wasn't really athletic like that either. I couldn't really defend myself if I needed to. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was kind of soft. You know what I'm saying? I played band. You know, that was my thing. You know what I mean? Like, our son makes A, B on a roll. Never made a C in his whole life. He's playing a trumpet now. Well, you know what I'm saying? Just started this semester, this quarter. And is playing well, had his first concert, doing amazing. He is the star on his baseball team. I'm not just saying that as a dad, like he's the legit star in his baseball team. He's the legit star in his soccer team. He's about to be a black belt in Taekwondo. He, you know, from all accords of what I see, he's a good friend. He's somewhat responsible. He loses his coat every now and again, but he, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like he's kind from what I see. I know there's probably moments when he's not because he's 11. You know, he's big for his age. He's handsome. He has nice haircut. He has an unbelievable set of straight teeth that are like jive like ridiculous i'm jealous of his teeth how am i jealous of his teeth my teeth go in a circle his are straight um you know what i'm saying so when i look at him i see a whole i see a black whole sun in a world that doesn't want him to be whole I'm so folks think I just be tripping like yo Mike you looking for it whatever you tripping like it's not about that like focus like listen man listen this is so important to me 
of course i'm sensitive to these issues because i'm, I'm raising a son like, of course so like and i'm a man so it's like there's certain things that i can relate to that there's certain aspects of our relationship me and my black hole son that him and his mom can't really like don't really understand as i am 99 percent thousand percent sure that there'll be things i'm 100 percent sure that there'll be things that my daughter you know in a couple years that her and her mother will have a connection and secrets and things that they have a language that i won't even be able to fathom right And so all of those things I just mentioned about my son. And yeah, you know, I'm I'm not one of those typical like my son is the best. He does everything. You know, I'm I'm the hardest on my son. Please believe. Like, you know, he goes out there, does his best in school. Like he's the type he comes up with the B. I'm like, oh, that's cool and all, but where that A at though? You know what I mean? Like that's the, you know, I'm like that when it comes to it. Oh, you got an 82? Uh, all right. I mean, that's that's kind of why, you know what I mean? That's, I'm not, you know, I'm not, he come home, daddy, I got a B. Oh, okay. What kind of B? An 85? Uh, all right. Uh, where's the, where? Pass me the remote. I don't need to see that. That's mediocre. Like that's how I am with him. You know what I'm saying? He comes, he plays soccer. You know, I see him play like, okay, that's cool. You, you, you tracked him down. That's nice. But what about your defense, though? Like, your defense was a little like, I'm always the one that's going to point out his faults. Because, that, you know, it's just dad. It's daddy. Like, that's what dads do. Especially with your son. Like, you're like, all right, that's cool. But you go, you know, you can do better. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't ever want to be that guy. I don't want to be seen as the LeVar Ball right now. I will be. Trust. But right now, like, you know, all right, you could get better. Like, you're not there yet. Nah. Because I don't want people to think I'm blinded by, like, some sort of I'm seeing everything through rosy lenses. I'm not. I see real. Like, I understand what's going on because I was 11 at one time and I was a boy at one time. You know, but my son is different than me. And I feel like this is why I say black hole son. Because I'm not sure that society quote you know i hate using society but it makes it easy for this argument i don't think that society can deal with black hole boys black hole sons i don't think i don't think and i say society i mean in schools i'm meaning you know the places where boys are you know they're in schools they're in lessons they're in sports teams they're in the neighborhood i don't think this is just my me think you do this over the past few weeks i don't think that society quote unquote those things i just mentioned can deal with or nor do they have the skills to deal with black hole boys now what do you mean by that mike here's what i mean by that y'all so me, I was a nerd. So I was black, you know, and black, but I was a nerd kinda. I was I was just fugly like all my life. Like I was I was awkward. I was, you know, I was shy. I love music. Music was my savior. 
you know so i was like the band dude you know i was kind of cool a little bit but not really i could kind of play basketball but not really like i was kind of athletic but not really you know what i'm saying so i think society could deal with me because i think my surroundings could deal with me because like i didn't have the whole package like so like my confidence level wasn't as high because i just didn't you know i recognize where my faults were like I, i'm not I'm not all of that right here because, you know, I make B's and C's, you know, mostly B's, you know, a couple A's, couple C's here and there. I'm a middle, I'm a middle of the road type dude. You know what I'm saying? That was me. So in that area, I wasn't whole. Understand where I'm coming from. Right? I don't know if society, again, big air quotes, has the ability to deal with black whole boys i'm talking about intelligent confident smart athletic you know what i'm saying could defend themselves ain't no punk that's so y'all laughing like ain't no punk what does that mean i'm talking about like someone's not gonna just run up on them and like yo give me your jacket like and they're gonna be like, oh i'm sorry sir because that's what i would have done okay you know what i'm saying black belt you know what i'm saying my son's about to be a black belt this is not a commercial for my son this is a commercial really for how do we get to a point where we as society quote unquote in different institutions different sectors can deal with black boys that have a certain level of confidence have a certain level of leadership that is relatively new and goes against what this popular culture vitriol that's aimed towards the horrible whack-ass bum-ass black men that were from previous generations but that these black boys aren't really connected to the stories of that was a horrible sentence but i know because y'all my listeners that you followed it you see what i'm saying like we have boys coming up right now that you know they're like the new models they're the new models of us they're better than us just like off gp like they're they're you know the 2017 models of a 1977 ford you know mustang they got the new engines they haven't been ridden they haven't been dirtied or sullied you know they got the fresh mats on right but they're entering a world that's treating them like that 1977 Mustang, that brown leather seat with the holes in it Mustang. And I'm telling you, I'm seeing it every day. Not with me. I'm seeing it with me too, but I don't I don't care. Like I I could deal with that. I could deal with the vitriol, whatever. I could just not say nothing because that's what we learn to do. We'll talk about that another time. That's why your black men don't really talk to you because all y'all spewing is hatred. So we're just going to stay quiet and just talk amongst ourselves. But that's cool. That's another episode. I'm talking about the kids, though. They don't have the luxury of understanding the context of this amazing time that we're in. So when I'm. Like when I have to talk to my son, when he says like, oh man, there's all these programs for girls. I would love to do this. 
How come there's no programs for boys? So yeah, I know y'all fake feminists, y'all new age feminists are gonna say, oh, well you need to tell your son that for years and years and years, there were tons of programs for boys and now it's time for girl. Like that's what y'all gonna say. That's what y'all want me to tell my 11 year old. You want him to process that in his 11 year old brain. Okay, so I'll tell him, you know, well son, you know, back when daddy was growing up and you G pop and you know, everybody was growing up before you, you know, there was, you know, they neglected girls. And so now they're trying to make up for that. So sorry, now you get neglected. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't, you, that's not the way to describe it, but that's the truth, right? It, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's what we have, right? And so how do we deal with and work with these black whole boys that are doing amazing things? Now, I told you I had a story. So um, my son is 11, as I've, as I've shared. I told you I gave you his resume and what he's done. Don't you know I've never, we have never received a positive phone call from my son's school about how awesome he's doing in school. Ever. No one has ever, you know, when we go to school, we're always there. No one has ever said, Oh, you know, it's such a joy to have your son in our class. Like, oh man, it's so amazing because he's such a good student. And you know, he, yeah, you know, what we get is phone calls throughout the year at any random given time. You know, your son had a bad day today. He had an attitude problem today. You know, he was an attitude. He had a, a issue today because we moved his chair. We had an issue, <clears throat> excuse me, he had an issue because, you know, he was in the lunchroom and he didn't want to pick up someone else's trash. So we figured we'd call to let you know that he didn't have a great day today. And we wanted to, you know, make sure that you were aware that he didn't have a great day today. Like, those are the calls that we get four times a month. Four times a month, I'm getting a call from his elementary school, from his middle school saying, you know, he just really needs to work on his attitude. And I'm like, of course he does. Uh, of course, why wouldn't he? Of course he needs to work on his attitude and being more mature because he's 10 last year he's 11 uh, yes he does we talk to him about his attitude every day but why don't you call me to tell me he was selected to be in the spelling bee and what an amazing accomplishment that was for him why don't you call to tell me that he was you know he had the second best writer book in the whole school no one called to tell me that. He sent me a little whack-ass piece of paper home telling you hope it can make it to the assembly tomorrow. Why did anybody tell me that, man, for the fifth straight year in a row, your son got honor roll. He got mad plaques, trophies on trophies on trophies for honor roll. No one's ever called and said, you know what, Ellington's a great student. He's never missed a day of school. 
But as soon as he has the attitude, for whatever reason, I'm getting a phone call. This is, in my in my opinion, you know, I had a conversation, and I think I've, I made a podcast episode about it last year, about how um, one of our son's teachers, you know, called us in for a meeting, and her her concern was, you know, Ellington, um, just he's he's always talking, okay. Um, and what she told us at the time was that 95, this is how she talked, 95% of the time, Ellington is off task. And it has been so hard to get him back on task. And when Ellington walks into the room, it's all eyes on Ellington. And it is out of control. So you can see my hips moving when I talk. Because that's what she was saying. And her lips were pursed and her arms were crossed. So I'm like, what type of fucking body language are you giving me right now, lady? To talk about my son like he's a fucking criminal, you piece of shit. That's what I was thinking in my head. Just in my head, though. Uh, so I calmly said, oh, man, I, whoa, wow, that's a lot. I think I even I was like, whoa, that's a lot. Um, so I was like, excuse me, help me understand. Um, so I played dumb because that's the easiest way to get white people off your back. I said, um, help me understand. Like you're saying he was off task 95% of the time, right? That's what you said. Yeah. 95% of the, okay, cool. Um, but he has an A in your class. Help me help you. How is it that he's off task 95% of the time, but he has an A in your class? What, is, what does that mean? Like, I can make some inferences on what does that mean. You tell me what it means to you. Oh, then she's walking the back. Well, you know, I, yeah, he's just such a joy. You know, he's just such a gregarious character. You know, it's like whenever he walks in the room, it's all eyes on him. Like, I, it's just that we can't, you know. He's just sometimes a distraction. So the whole shit changed when I gave her a little bump. But to me, in my eyes, I was like, you can't handle this little boy. That is making good grades in your class. Probably has more of the attention of the kids than you do. Is handsome because she kept on saying, Ellington's so handsome. And I'm like, listen, Russell Simmons, relax. Okay? Um... But I was like, oh, okay. So to me, these are the types of examples of what I'm saying that we have plenty material then that our institutions, the places where our boys are, cannot handle black whole sons. And so it's my job to teach him. It's our job. It's not just my job. It's our job. All of our jobs. My wife, myself, grandmas, grandpas, uncles, aunts, cousins. It's all of our jobs to teach all of our children, you know, how to be whole, how to be kind, how to be, you know, present, how to be, you know, enter into the space as your best self, right? That's what we want, right? And so... My assumption is that 
the space that boys are allowed to be whole, that black boys are allowed to be whole is extremely small. And when folks ask about why I do this podcast, about why I'm always focused on boys when men have it so easy, y'all have this, y'all have that. True, you're right, maybe we do. But the boys, they're still children. They're still children. And it's our responsibility I don't even leave it to the woman. Like the woman, y'all, y'all go raise the girls. Like y'all good, y'all good. You, you, go ahead, you do that. Black girls rock. Congratulations. But men, we gotta do it. We gotta do it. We gotta take that vitriol for them. You know what I'm saying? Like we gotta turn our backs to it. Let it hit us in the back. Take those arrows. Cool. We could digest that and swallow that. Pause. So that our boys can grow up in an environment where they're allowed to be whole and they have the space to be confident. Imagine that. Imagine that our black boys have a safe space to be confident without being called Kanye. Like that's a bad, I'm still waiting for somebody to tell me why it's a bad thing, but whatever, we won't get on Kanye right now. I'm still, imagine that our boys have a space to even be cocky. America hates a black cocky boy, yo. Can't handle it. But let Johnny come in here with a half bowl haircut, swing to the side, rocking some Adidas jogger pants and his Abercrombie and Fish shirt, acting like Tom Cruise. Y'all love that. Y'all gonna get, oh, Johnny. You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all, there's a lane for that. We know how to handle that. We know how to handle, um... We know how to handle uh, Patrick. We know how to handle Patrick that is super confident, loves chemistry, plays lacrosse, uh, bullies his dad and mom around, has an allowance, has a go-kart that he drives to the mailbox, you know, that has a dog named Oliver. Like, we understand and we all see that. We're like, oh, yeah, we know that kid. He, that's the kid. That's the jerk that lives at the end of the street. He's cool, you know what I'm saying? He's harmless. But let Xavier, you know, or Ellington or Andre or, uh, or uh, you know, Jaden have that same swag had that same like you know what i'm saying that same toughness that same little edge and still make straight a's and can still cross you up and might be able to shoot a um a midfield pass to the uh to the forward and still hit a triple you know and catch the outfield like let andre do that and we're like oh he's a problem he's too aggressive oh, he needs to you know calm down and give a space to the other kids because he's taking up too much of the attention he's doing too much I just want a space for our boys to be able to be black, whole sons. And that's straight up. That's not about us men. We've had our time. We're repenting for the sins that we've 
that we've made right now. Every day, a new one is repenting. You know, I'm sorry, I didn't know what happened. I, I, I didn't remember it that way. We're paying for that. We could deal with that. Those of us that are strong will be like, yo, what? that's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Um, But our boys don't have that don't have that power they don't have that that view yet you know what i'm saying they don't have you know that knowledge you know there's a study that shows that black boys and girls too to be very honest but we're talking about black boys right now but that black boys are assumed to be four years older than they actually are when they're in elementary and middle school by white women right majority of the teachers if you think of a lot in a lot of different neighborhoods are white women and so there's a study that shows that white women think that black boys are four to five years older than they actually are and they treat them as such so if you have somebody like my son that's 11 but people around him you know the adults around him are treating him like he's 15 then that might be some of the reason why they're like, Ellington had a, had, a, had a bad attitude today. And I'm like, yeah, because he's 11 and he's going through puberty and there's things, you know what I'm saying? Like he's still trying to figure it all out. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I'm gonna let that there. Um, I might have to do a Black Hole Sun part two next week. Or maybe not. I don't know, we'll see, but for the men and women out there that are raising sons, whose sons are, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight, school age, right? Allow your sons to be confident. Allow your sons to be a little cocky. Make the institutions and the places where they attend deal with their confidence and their slight cockiness. Because let me tell you, Patrick over there that lives in Bethesda, he's cocky as hell. And he's about to get all Andre scholarships. You know what I'm saying? Allow your son to board. You know, I'm not saying to be disrespectful with your confidence or be disrespectful with their cockiness, but allow that a little bit. Allow your son to have a little appropriate swag on him. Make him whole. Allow him the space to be whole. A whole student, a whole boy, a whole son, a whole athlete being able to protect themselves. These are important skills that all boys need to have. And let's start holding these institutions accountable for being able to deal with the black hole sun. Y'all have a great night, great day. Thank you for listening. It's the Idea Manhood. It's your boy Five Mikes, husband, father, educator, writer, MC. The microphone gives me wings. I'll holler at y'all later. Peace.